St. George's number one station with Washington County's top talk show. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. Hey, welcome to a chilly morning in mid-February here in southern Utah. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. Not going to lie, I'm feeling kind of high because uh, I just had, uh, just found out uh, the last couple of days my uh, number three son and his wife had a beautiful baby daughter. So, yeah, I've been, uh, uh, we've had had the, my, my number two son had, to, number one son's still way behind, but uh, number two son had twins two years ago. So we've had just the two grandbabies for a while. And then, uh, yeah, earlier this week, my uh, son Bryce and his uh, beautiful wife Marley had a, an unbelievably gorgeous, I'm already in love, uh, daughter named Imogene. So, uh, yeah, it's I. You know, if you if you're not a grandparent, you don't know. Uh, there's there's nothing like the feeling of of being a grandparent. <laughs> uh, the funny thing about it is that uh, you know you uh, you get all the benefits of being a parent, someone who loves you unconditionally and looks up to you and and and, and relies on you for things. But uh, then uh, all the bad things about being a parent, like changing poopy diapers and having to discipline, and you don't have to do that as a grandparent. <laughs> you just say. Go see your mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, of course, with an infant, uh, newborn baby, we don't have any of that. Although, uh, actually, we have been sleeping just fine, my wife and I. Well, I know my son and his uh, wife are probably not getting a lot of sleep right now. But, yes, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, everyone, I think everyone I've seen in the last uh, three or four days, I've uh, got this picture I've been walking around with of this new baby. And, uh, yeah, I, I know Melody. By the way, Melody is our... Uh, is our call screener. She has uh, joined the show. Today is a, kind of officially her first day as a call screener. Melody, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, you want to turn your mic on real real quick? Yeah, push the red button, the first red button, and make sure the green button is pushed in there too. Are you there? Is that it? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Maybe turn it up a little bit, but uh, yeah, I can hear you. Is that better? Yes, for sure. Melody, thanks for uh, coming on and helping out. Everything okay on your end? You, you good to go? You ready for this? Yeah, now I can hear you. It's great. Okay. Melody is uh, uh, involved with the Parade of Homes, and uh, she's actually one lucky caller to the Open Line Friday today is going to win. What did you describe it as? A um, Parade of Homes Survival survival Kit. kit. Yeah, okay. And that comes with a couple of tickets to the Parade of Homes. What else? Yep, it's going to come with the Parade of Home tickets, the book. It's going to come with some booties, granola bars, snacks, water bottles, everything you need to make a full day of it. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, again, we're going to random, she's going to randomly pick one of our callers today to win that. Uh, so don't call right now and say, I want those tickets. Well, you won't get them if you call right now and say, I want those tickets. Uh, you you will, one of the callers today will get them. So, uh, so when you call into the show now, the first voice you hear will be Melody's. And uh, Melody's going to try to get your name and uh, what topic it is you want to talk about. So, Melody, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll, uh, so, uh, yeah. So call and say hi to Melody. And if you want to be a part of the show, again, it's 673-5890. That's the area code 435. And then it's 673-5890. As always, you can text into the program. The text line is 435-467-5842. I already got a couple of people who have texted in some questions for me. Um, so one person... <laughs> This was they texted that last hour, but uh, they were texting and asking me about this uh, plane landing on the Bangor Highway up in northern Utah 
uh, earlier this week. And, uh, yeah, interesting because, so, uh, my, my brother's, uh, you know, he, he raises kids up in, uh, up in South Jordan, up in Salt Lake County, Salt Lake Valley. And, uh, my brother, uh, has a couple of sons and they both live up in that area. And, uh, I don't know if you remember, but it's been, gosh, maybe two years now, a year and a half, something like that. Uh, one of his, one of his sons, his older son got struck by lightning. We interviewed him, uh, here on the show. He talked about his experience about, uh, I, I mean, they were doing, it was, it was, you know, you always talk about how, how in the world does someone go out in a storm when they're, and get struck by lightning? That, that just seems really stupid. And then uh, we talked to Mark and he's like, there was no storm. There was a few clouds and there was maybe some lightning in the distance, but nothing anywhere close to where we were. And all of a sudden, I'm laying on the ground unconscious. Very lucky to be alive. Anyway, Marcus got struck by lightning a couple of years ago. His little brother, Johnny, was driving on the Bangor the other day, Valentine's Day, actually, Tuesday night. And uh, it was it was still light outside. So it was Tuesday evening, maybe 5 o'clock or something like that. And uh, they go... Under an underpass, they hear this weird noise, and all of a sudden, an airplane passes over them and lands on the Bangor Highway right in front of them. And, uh, yeah, he said, said, I've never experienced that before. And I'm thinking, I don't think there are too many people out there who have experienced that before. I mean, imagine you're driving along, and, uh, yeah, an airplane lands in front of you. I'm 56 years old. That has definitely not happened to me. In fact, I, I dare say that 99 point something percent of us uh, listening and, and involved in the show today have not that have not had that happen uh, to them. Uh, let's see if I can find the, the quote from Johnny. Uh, well, his by the way, his wife was in the passenger. He actually had his kids in the car too. His wife was in the passenger side and uh, videotaped the what happened. And if you go to 890kdxu.com and click on that story, again, the title of the story is Close Call, Airplane Nearly Lands on Utah Car. Uh, The link to the video is right there. Uh, He said it was quite a shock. Uh, The good news is Johnny and his family and actually the pilot and the passenger in the airplane, everybody was okay. Uh, Says Johnny, it was a miracle that no one was hurt and that somehow the plane didn't land on top of us or the car next to us but uh, i just can't even i can't even picture that that uh, airplane landing in front of me on the on the highway uh, the other kind of big accident in the news last in the last week was that wrong way driver that uh, got on up near tokerville and made it five miles going south on the northbound side of the freeway uh, before unfortunately hitting a car head-on both the wrong way driver and the driver of the car uh, in the proper lane, going the proper direction, were killed on impact. Sad story. Uh, I, d- I did not know the person who was killed, but I know that, that in looking at the uh, comments online, there were a lot of you that did know uh, the person that was killed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just just a sad deal. And But I was really fascinated reading the comments after the crash on uh, where where everybody was placing the blame. Uh, a lot of people said, well, this is the state's fault. They didn't label the, the freeway good enough. Or that freeway on-ramp was confusing. Or, you know, there should have been spike strips, which is a whole other issue we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, or, you know, there were a lot of people blaming the, uh, blaming the you know, really the state for, for not doing something better. Um, I can tell you this. I've been on, 
I've been driving for 40 years. I have never gotten on the wrong on the on the freeway going the wrong direction uh, in a car. I've never done that. Uh, I don't think it's the freeway's fault. I don't think it's the state's fault. I don't think it's the signage problem. Uh, I think that there were some uh, there were some issues. Um, here are some comments. So listen to this. Uh, one commenter said, "So predictable. The state of Utah should hang their head in shame on this one. The lack of reflectorized signage—I don't know if that's even a word—reflectorized uh, road markings, overhead street lighting, and poor highway design all contributed to this horrible wreck. That area is so dark at night you can't see your hand in front of your face. The total lack of concern and planning on the part of UDOT is just plain sin- sinful." That was one of the comments on, on the stories, the original stories that were published about this accident. It's like, really? So you're going to lay the entire blame for this accident on UDOT and, and the way they designed the freeway. I, to me, it doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I think, see, here's the thing. I think that the intention for UDOT and for these engineers that design the roads is to have them be safe. They don't want people to die. It makes Utah look bad when people die, not to mention it hurts their own citizens. And I, I really don't, I, I just think laying the, laying the blame at their feet is just, to me, it's kind of ridiculous. Let's see if I can get back here. I'm on the, all of a sudden my, my screen went to an ad. I don't know why it did that. Let's see if I can get back to the right page. Uh, some of the other comments, again, they, they uh, said it was confusing. Uh, blaming those uh, people who designed the roads, making it confusing. I, I don't know. To me, I just think that it's a very irresponsible to blame it on the, the, the street designers. Now, there are three reasons, and, and these are interesting. There are three reasons that uh, in studying all the wrong way crashes from throughout the entire country, there are three main reasons where uh, why people go the wrong way on the freeway. Number one was impaired driving. Now, we don't have the results yet back on this. We don't know if the driver was impaired uh, the that went the wrong way on the freeway. And I'm not going to jump to judgment here, rush to judgment, and, you know, and say, well, it was that driver's fault. I'm not going to say that because we just don't know yet. But that is the number one reason, and that is by, by the comments of the police officers who investigated the crash, the first responders that were there, that seems to be kind of where they're headed with this one. Number two reason, elderly drivers. drivers. Um, we, there are a lot, of, a lot of listeners to KDXU who are over the age of 75. Do you feel like that uh, if, if it came down to it, would you disqualify yourself from driving? If you felt like your skills had slipped to the point where road signs were confusing to you, uh, to the point that your reaction time was unbelievably slow. Uh, as an older driver, would you be able to disqualify yourself? And I would say, and I don't know, I'm only 56, but uh, but I would say most people know. They're not going to say, I can't do this anymore, until there have been several accidents and they realize they're just, they just can't handle it anymore. Uh, having a vehicle represents freedom. And, uh, you know, it's funny, we talk about it nowadays, kids don't, aren't in a hurry to get their driver's licenses because everything they have is at their fingertips with these smartphones. But uh, when, when I was young, I could not wait to get my driver's license. I couldn't wait to get out there, be able to get in a car and go to the store, get in the car and go for a drive, get in a car and go to my friend's house. It was so important to me. And that, that feeling of freedom you get with owning a motor vehicle 
is uh, nearly unmatched. It's it's an amazing feeling. And, you know, as, as I look at my dad, who's 87 years old, still driving, uh, other people who are up there in years, I think, you know, what right do I have to say, well, you shouldn't be driving anymore? But again, the hard thing is, how do you self-evaluate and, and, and disqualify yourself from driving? Because it represents such freedom. So it's, it, you know, it's part of who you are. If you've driven for 60 years or more, uh, and some whippersnapper, as they say, uh, tells you, well, you're not, you're not, you're not allowed to drive anymore. I don't, I don't know that we, I don't know that that's responsible. Do we give, maybe give driving tests, have harsher you know, driving tests for older people? I don't know. Anyway, that, that was reason number two. Reason number one, impaired driving. Reason number two is uh, driving, uh, elder, elderly driving. Uh, and the third biggest reason for wrong-way drivers, and, and I don't know if this is reason four, but the reason that there are wrong-way drivers is uh, driving alone, not having a passenger in the car. And I got thinking about that. I'm like, well, how would that make you? Well, okay, I get it. Because if you start hitting up uh, uh, the wrong way up an on-ramp or up and off, uh, go on, going on an off-ramp, of course, if you have a passenger in the car, they're going to say, uh, dude, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Uh, even if it's a kid, a kid is going to, Hey, what's that big red sign that says wrong way on it? You might miss it, but your passenger might uh, catch it. So uh, those are the three big things that are, that they found uh, are in common with, uh, with, uh, wrong way drivers. Uh, is it an epidemic? Is it a problem? Well, in the last, last year, 2022, 10 people in the Utah were killed in wrong way crashes. That's a relatively low number. And, you know, with all due respect to people that were killed or families of people who were killed by wrong way drivers, it's just hardly an epidemic. And it's, to me, it's not enough to say, well, we've got to, something's got to change. I don't think it's, I mean, we have so many accidents, so many people getting killed for, for different things. Speeding is by far more dangerous than of a threat to uh, society as a whole than wrong way drivers. Um, let's let's make sure we put the uh, money where the problem is, and not try to, I don't know, not 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 try to. That this happens, doesn't it? In pop culture, uh, attention is drawn to something like that wrong way driver and the, and the death last week here in Southern Utah, and now all of a sudden this is a major issue for a lot of people. Let's not make it an issue. I I, I think it's it is an issue, but it's not an issue that needs to consume. Our time. I, I don't believe we have a big problem with this. A lot of people are calling for uh, some changes in the traffic laws um, or even different signage. Uh, I know up in Davis County, up in northern Utah, they're using what they call, uh, I forget the name of it now, but they're, they're putting up big old flashing signs that will detect. So if someone's going the wrong direction on, uh, on an on-ramp, on an off-ramp, if they're going up an off-ramp, the wrong direction, uh, they've got big old signs that activate and I'm thinking, well, why not? You know, that, that's actually not a bad idea uh, to have sense. I mean, my car can tell me if I'm <laughs> veering out of the right, the, the, the lane. You know, my car yells at me if I start veering out of the lane. Or you have now adjustable crews that can sense when, you know, you're getting too close to the car ahead of you and it'll actually slow you down automatically. We have automatic driving cars. Why not have uh, a little bit of smarter street signs that say, you know what, if someone's going the wrong direction up, uh, an, an off-ramp, going on an off-ramp, have signs say, hey, you're going the wrong way, maybe a big old flashing sign. Why not? Not a bad idea. 
but uh, like I said, to me, this isn't as big a problem as some of the other traffic we, uh, problems we have in this world. All right, if you want to call again, it's 673-5890 is the phone number. And uh, you can text me. Oh, yeah, I do need to keep an eye on my texts because that, that, that seems to be a weakness of mine is I uh, tend to ignore the text line. So, uh, okay, someone says, uh, an, that's an interesting comment. Someone said the, the blame, people keep blaming the dot. People keep blaming uh, all these different things. Why not blame the person who actually killed the other person? That's a good point. Uh, the only problem I see with that right now, first of all, yes, they were at fault. No matter what else happens, no matter whether they decide they were impaired or elderly or whatever, the person that drove the wrong way on the freeway last week and killed uh, themselves and one other person, uh, they were at fault. But were they criminally at fault? Were they driving under the influence? We don't know that yet. And that's why I'm a little slow to judgment on that. Uh, maybe they were just confused. Maybe they're... The, the thing I don't understand, though, is to go five miles in the wrong direction. How many near misses must there have been? You can't even, it was one o'clock in the morning, but you can't drive I-15. You can't go five miles without coming across some cars. I know I've done it many times. You're going to see cars coming the opposite direction. Was this person uh, doing it on purpose? Was this person confused? If so, why did they not figure it out after a couple of near misses and turn around these are questions that uh, remain to be answered. Were they on their phone? Were they impaired? Were they, we, we don't know the answer, to, uh, unfortunately, to those questions. But uh, we will find out. Unfortunately, these things take time. We'll have to do, you know, the toxicology tests. And, I mean, the real sad thing is two people died. Two southern Utahns. Well, I don't know if they were both from southern Utah. I know one of them was. Uh, two people, though, died in this, in this crash. And it's a very, very sad thing. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Should we? Yeah, let's jump to weather. We'll go ahead and, uh, and take a break and look at the weather forecast. Again, if you've got something on your mind, today is a good day to bring it up. The phone number is 673-5890. And uh, if you'd like to text me, 435-467-5842. we got a new, uh, by the way, we've got a new uh, superintendent of schools. Richard Holmes is the new superintendent. He'll start here in the next couple of months, taking over for the retiring Larry Bergeson. Uh, we'll talk about schools a little bit. And what are the responsibilities for public schools when it comes to your children? What things should they not teach? What books should they not allow? Or, hey, this is American. Maybe they should teach anything and allow anything. We'll talk about uh, all that when we come back. Again, this is the Andy Griffin Show on KDXU. We'll get, uh, again, a weather break in here, uh, get kind of the forecast and what's happening the weather front, uh, and then we'll come back and uh, talk about that. And uh, one other thing, I thought this was interesting. Uh, the question that everyone's kind of afraid to ask, what is that question? Again, that's all coming up on the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890 92.5 KDXU. Hey, welcome back. I'm Andy. Thank you for tuning in. A couple of things we're going to talk about in the next few minutes. Uh, uh, this person's name is Catherine Lehman, L-H-A-M-O-N, Catherine Lehman. We're going to talk about her, who she is, what she does, and why you should be perhaps a little concerned about Catherine Lehman. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes and uh, also about masks. 
They don't work. They never have worked. They, we knew that, but they're finally admitting it. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. Right now, I do want to bring in uh, Melody. Melody Finlinson is here. Hi, Melody. How are you? Okay, I can't hear you. You got your mic on? Now I do. There we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Melody is in. Uh, if you think of uh, the uh, the Fra- Frasier, the Frasier Crane Show, she's like raw. She's through the glass in another room. Um, I'm pushing the buttons, most of the buttons, but she does have her own set of buttons, and she's taking calls and talking to people and uh, has agreed to help us out on the show. And, uh, Melody, thanks for thanks for helping out. Thanks for having me. This is a very cool. Tell us a little, real quick, just a little bit about yourself, Melody, so we know when people call, they know who they're talking to. Okay. Well, I am Melody. I go by Mello, and I've lived here in southern Utah for about 10 years. I have seven kids. Uh, you're from where originally, before Southern Utah? Um, I was born in Grand Junction, married a military guy right out of high school, kind of okay. moved all over, ended up in Colorado Springs, and then I moved here because my folks lived here when I got divorced. Okay. Yeah. And then I moved here. And, and you have how many kids? I have seven kids. Seven kids. Holy smoke. Ages six to 28. Okay. So I've been doing parenthood for a long time, and I'm pretty excited to be in the radio station because I always wanted to get in broadcasting, but then I got married the day after I graduated from high school because I thought (laughs) that's a good way to start my decision-making processes. (laughs) And um, yeah, and now here I am making up for lost time. What? uh, How many kids are are at home right now still? There's three. I have one boomerang that came back that's 19, so working to get her back out of the nest. Well, it's a girl, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a little different. But mm-hmm. my wife uh, uh, and I decided there was a, a number. The number was nineteen. When you uh, on your nineteenth birthday, uh, we love you. We'll always support you, but you cannot live here anymore. Uh, and and so uh, so far, our kids have done that. They haven't come back after their nineteenth birthdays. So yeah. I was not so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and as you know, with parenting, the reality is you can make hardline declarations and you can have them sign contracts and you can do whatever else. And uh, kids are still going to end up doing what they do because they're kids. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then another thing I've done is I have an organizing business, but I've kind of let that take a back step. And I do real estate now. And that's why I'm so happy to give away a couple of parade home tickets to somebody nice. today. Yeah, if you call into the show, Melody has a, we, we're calling it a Parade of Homes Survival Kit. Yes, sir. Uh, it includes a couple of tickets to see the Parade of Homes, which starts in, what, 23 minutes, 10 right? 10 o'clock, 10 to 6. 10 to, 10 to 6. And, uh, yeah, they have, the, tell us what's in the Survival Kit. So we've got your book, you've got your tickets, you've got some granola bars, some oranges, some water bottles, some oh, snacks, wow. some Tic Tacs. And some booties, so you don't have to use their recycled booties. You it's use like, your own. It's like a, a stocking. It's like Christmas. I know. I've got your booty covered. That is that is very, very cool, the uh, Parade of Home Survival Kit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you want to call and be on the show, call, and the first voice you hear will be Mellows, and uh, she will uh, pick one of the uh, callers today to uh, get that survival kit. So six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number. I wonder if we should figure out a way to maybe offer something for our uh, texters because a lot of people like to text into the show as of late. Uh, ooh, I got a really long one here. I don't know if I'm going to be have time to be able to 
uh, read all this on the air. So uh, we'll, we'll keep moving. Melody, uh, do your thing over there, and uh, we'll talk to her in just a, a couple of minutes. Uh, it's 937 on KDXU. Uh, all right, let's talk about Catherine Lehman. Catherine uh, is a – now get this. Her title officially is – uh, she works for the U.S. Department of Education. She is the si- Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights. I know, I know, you didn't know that was a job. I didn't know that was a job either until I read this great article on LewRockwell.com from Paul Craig Roberts. And uh, he said, uh, layman's big thing is, well, Let's see what he says exactly. Uh, She's pushing new Title IX rules that facilitate school boards, that's, you know, hits hits home, local, to encourage gender transitions without awareness or consent from parents. Wait, what? Yes, she is pushing new Title IX rules that facilitate school boards to encourage gender transitions without awareness or, the big one, consent from parents. In other words, Lehman is using the U.S. government to impose her personal agenda. How do you feel about that? I don't feel very good about that myself. I'm kind of like, now what you're doing? You, uh, My kids are out of school now. My youngest is 19, so I don't have a kid in the public school system. But uh, I can tell you this, if a school called me and said, oh, just so you're aware, we've been, uh, uh, your, your child has decided they want to be uh, a boy. Your, your daughter has decided she wants to be a boy, and we are fully supporting it and facilitating uh, her rights as a w- girl who wants to be a boy. And, uh, oh, by the way, there's nothing you can do about that. We are the public education system if you don't like it too bad. Hmm. Have you have you ever wondered where this trans transgender craze has come from? Uh, the author, Paul Craig Roberts, but I will actually apply myself to this. I went through uh, obviously all the years of public education. I went through and got a ta- college degree. I actually uh, had my sons go through and get high school degrees and two of the three have college degrees. The other one has a, a trade, a couple of trade degrees. And, uh, they will tell me they've never met. I've never met anyone who, well, they said they wanted to be the opposite sex. I've never met a guy that said, I want to be a woman. I've never met a girl, uh, in all my years of uh, schooling that said, I'd like to be a boy. I, I just want to go ahead and make that change. Not once. Haven't met anyone like that. And to the point where they would be willing to take hormone blockers and, and have uh, surgeries and things like that. And yet we have here, this is one of the leaders of your country, the United States of America, uh, Ass- Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, Catherine Lehman from the U.S. Department of Education, facilitating, in other words, uh, helping school districts or maybe even pushing school districts to do more to make it so that your kids can uh, yeah can uh, transition to another gender is that what you want hmm all right uh let's see let's um, let's go to uh, yeah line 4 okay hopefully everything worked and uh, you're there Mardine are you there i'm still here 
Oh, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate you calling in. And what's on your mind on this Friday? Well, I don't know if it's on the subject that you're talking about, but um, I just had, you know, that uh, train derailment in Ohio? Right, right. I was just wondering if they decided to do a GoFundMe page or GoFundMe account for all those citizens there, if GoFundMe would not do it or block it because most of them are conservative. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day because they block a lot of accounts for people who are conservative. And I thought that would just be one of the rudest things I've ever heard about. And by the way, by the way, Melody tells me that you are the winner of the uh, the uh, Parade of Homes tickets and survival kits. So way to go there! Really? Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> you've got them. <laughs> That's going to be cool. Uh, and a friend of mine, uh, Aaron Adams, is uh, was a designer of Home Number One on the Parade of Homes, and he told uh-huh. me. He told me, first of all, the house is going to be something like you've never seen before. And second of all, he said he got permission from a friend of his who he designed a garage for to have a couple of rare classic cars in the garage of home number one, too. So, uh, yeah, make sure you hit that one for sure. Oh, I will. I love classic cars. So, again, tell me your question on on the Ohio derailment. Um, It's about the GoFundMe page. Well, you know how certain people will start GoFundMe pages sure. for people, but if they're conservative, GoFundMe will not do it or block it or donate the money elsewhere. Yeah. And I just wonder, I haven't heard of anybody starting a GoFundMe for all these people in Ohio, but I was just wondering if they did, since most of the town is conservative, that if they would block the GoFundMe page and say, it doesn't fit our parameters like they've done with so many other people. Yeah, it's a good question. It's just a thought because it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, I don't. I don't matter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to. I don't know the answer to your question, but I do know that I've always had a problem with GoFundMe, not only politically, but GoFundMe takes such a big chunk. You know, every, I, I, people want to help. People want to you know, make other people feel better. If someone's down on their luck or they, they suffer a great loss, people want to help. But GoFundMe is out there taking a huge chunk of all these charities. And I'm like, what's so charitable about GoFundMe? In fact, I, I know other people have tried to start pages that aren't GoFundMe. They'll just start maybe their own uh, their own blog post or whatever and try to raise money. But people don't trust that or people are scared about that. And, and they failed, unfortunately. So GoFundMe has right now a market. They're making a lot of money off of people's misery. Hmm. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go back to the phone lines, line three. Okay, see if I can get those. <laughs> this is new having a call screener. So, uh, okay, you're on with Andy. Uh, what's on your mind today? Hey, Andy, uh, that that Catherine lady, the education czar. Yeah, you know they, they really need to. America needs to wake up because this person should be treated like a drug lord. The drug lord doesn't handle the drugs themselves, but they in charge, and we will put them away for life. And this person ought to be put away for life for child abuse. This is unacceptable. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care about transgender. You can do what you want to do when you're an adult, but you do that to a child. I'm sorry. Uh, people who have uh, who are convicted of of child pornography and some of these things go away for life. Why are we not addressing this as a life sentence for people who decide that they're going to take this decision against children? It's just absolutely bizarre to me. 
Yeah, and they're pushing it on, on uh, you know, maybe you're... The whole thing is indoctrination, don't you think? Like, they're just... Absolutely. They're putting well, absolutely. the... It's all about indoctrination, and that's part of that's part of what this whole society, uh, this whole woke thing is all about, indoctrination. And, and America is finally, I think, waking up that this has gone way too far, and, and we got to put a stop to it. Yeah, well said. All right, thank you for the call. appreciate it. Uh, the the indoctrination it's is real okay remember okay when your parents were kids there was you know you didn't there were certain things there were topics you didn't talk about you didn't talk about sex in public you didn't talk about gender or uh things like that uh, you know we all we always talk about the, the gun violence well everybody had a gun in their back window of their pickup when when my parents were kids and even when i was a, a young person in you know in high school uh there were guys who came to school with a gun rack on you know in the back window of their pickup and there was a gun in the rack and nobody got scared nobody called the police nobody freaked out uh and and you know when i was in high school you know and talk about people who were having feelings of homosexuality we didn't talk about that we it, it wasn't it wasn't a thing now they talk about those things openly and they start indoctrinating our kids into, uh, Hey, uh, you know, you ought to, uh, maybe, you know, if you're having these feelings, we can arrange some things for you to go meet with the meet with somebody and get some hormone blockers and maybe arrange to have a surgery and all those things. And so, yeah, uh, the, the indoctrination is there and it's, it's, it's slowly changing things. All right. I think if I'm reading this right, line one, uh, yeah, you're there. You're here with Andy. Is this, uh, is it Gordon? Is that right? Yes, yes, it is. Good morning. Hey, thanks for calling, um, Gordon. You're welcome. A question that often crosses my mind with regard to this uh, gender thing in the schools is where do the school boards of all people get the authority to make uh, serious medical decisions about a minor? Um, when I was a, a youngster, I'm pretty sure that had I been given any sort of drug and hormones or drugs, Mm-hmm. In the school, my parents would have been able to sue the school and the school board and win quite handily. Um, how how does where where does that authority come from? Who gives them the right and protects them from prosecution for doing things to students that would be considered harmful by the majority of the country? What, what do you think? How, how does that how does that work? Why aren't they being sued? And if they were to be sued and 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 win, why? Where where does that authority come from? Got any ideas? Well, so you raised some kids, Gordon. Do you have kids? I have five kids. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I have five, and I know there were at times the kids would come home with a note from the principal or a note from the teacher that said, "Hey, we're going to talk about this on a certain day." But back then, it was you know, hey, we're the uh, you know March twelfth is the sex education day, and we're going to. Uh, take the girls and separate them, the boys and separate them. And 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 after a while, parents kind of got a little angry and said, you know what, we ought to at least have a choice on whether our kids attend that and, and if they want to learn about that stuff at home or at school. But I wonder if maybe we didn't make a, a big enough stink, Gordon. What do, what do you think? Uh, maybe maybe well, as parents, we didn't make enough noise about the school taking over some of our duties. I'm, I'm uh, upper mid-60s here, and I grew up in this area and when when my kids came home with those sorts of notes, there was an opt-out. And all the parent had to do was sign and say, I don't want my child to uh, attend that class. I'll take care of it. And that, that was the end of that. 
um, whether we make a stink or not, it still goes back. To, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, your next door neighbor can't just take upon themselves the, the right or the authority to do something to your children. And to me, the school board is no different than the next door neighbor. They're not the family. They're not the parent. They have no legal standing, in my opinion, to make medical decisions and okay and, and even facilitate medical procedures on a minor. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'll sign off, but I wouldn't mind hearing some other comments. Maybe some uh, legal experts out there or some medical people could, could fill us in on that line. All right. Thank you, Gordon. Appreciate the call today. You're yeah, Bye. yeah I, I, again, I, you know, I, I kind of wonder sometimes maybe we weren't vigilant. The weird thing about parenting, right, is when you're a young parent, you know, say you're 28 and you have a, a five-year-old or whatever who's starting kindergarten, have you ever been a parent before? Nope. Do you, do you, how do you navigate the waters of the schools telling you what to do and how to do it? Well, I don't know. You, I don't know how you were at 28. I was a pretty timid parent. I was. I want to do what everyone else is doing, right? I, I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. So when the school was sending a home a note and saying this is going to happen, I was kind of like, uh, okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's 9:50 on KDXU. I got to get this commercial break in, or they're gonna they're gonna take my uh, broadcaster's license away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Busy show today, and I appreciate those that have called in and those that are hanging on. Uh, we do have uh, a couple of folks on hold. Also got a couple of texts. I wanted to read this one. Uh, interesting theory here. What do you think about this one? Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, remember in the 60s and the eight, through the 80s, the leftists were pushing zero population narrative to save the planet, right? Well, isn't it telling that this whole push to help kids become transgender may be a push, under-the-table push, uh, to, uh, well, maybe cull the population a little bit? Because once you have the surgery, you're sterile, right? No no more babies. Uh, even if they transition back, usually it's too late at that point. So, interesting theory. Any thoughts on that? Again, if you want to call, we're running out of time. Six seven three five eight ninety. but uh, would uh, love to hear from you. Let's go uh, right to the phone lines now. I think Wendy is with us. Wendy, you there? Hi. Congrats on the new grandchild, and I just wanted to address um, an awesome bill that uh, Senator Mike Kennedy just got passed in our legislature a couple weeks ago, SB 16, mm-hmm. and they're, they're billing it as a ban on transgender medical treatments and procedures for minors. But um, I just want everyone to know we're not out of the woods on this because they they gutted Senator Kennedy is awesome, um, but they gutted a lot of his bill. And so now it's just a temporary moratorium um, on, on minors who were not diagnosed with gender dysphoria before the effective date of the bill. And the moratorium will only last until the State Department of Health and Human Services conducts a review. And so we're we're not out of the woods on this on this bill, and and um, I I appreciate Senator Mike Kennedy. Um, he, he's an awesome senator, and I'm he's got another awesome bill, Senate Bill uh, 189, um, regarding election integrity. Are you going to allow me to discuss that one as well today? Well, we're really short on time, and I've got a couple of people, uh, you know, in in the hopper. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the appreciate the input on House Bill 16. I hope that. Uh, they come around. I know it's weird because you get these really good bills, and then, like you said, they they get in there, they get hear all the complaints, and then they gut them, 
And it's it, I, I know it's got to be frustrating for some of these legislators. Yeah, especially the election integrity bills. And I would love to be able to discuss that if you'll allow me. But I guess Melody said not today. Yeah, we're a little short on time, too. Uh, by the way, I, I think the Washington County commissioners are on uh, next Wednesday. I'm going to double check that. I'm pretty sure Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday we've got Washington County commissioners on. Might be a good day to uh, bring that up. Awesome. And, and I would love to invite you. I've, I've got a cybersecurity, national security expert, retired Colonel Sean Smith, that I would love to invite onto your show as someone you could interview. Is that possible? Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Washington County Commission is Tuesday, the 21st. Okay. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy, for calling. Appreciate it. It's uh, 957 on KDX. You had someone else uh, said, uh, let's... Uh, yeah, let's talk about the legalities of what the school board does. Uh, you know, it, it's it's like a lot of elected uh, offices, though, folks. Uh, you, you, you take it lightly. Like, ah, I, I don't need to vote. I don't care about the school board. I don't have kids in school. Or, you know, I, I, yeah, they're going to elect who they're going to elect or whatever. It matters who you elect. It ma- right now, you know, we had this deal in the last few weeks about they call it book banning. I don't I think that's a bad word for it because it makes it sound, you know, Fahrenheit 451. Right. And it makes it sound like Hitler or something. But I am fully supporting the idea that our school board and our, our leaders in our schools uh, take certain books out of curriculum, out of our high school and even our junior high curriculum and, and say, look, that doesn't belong here. It's called standards, the standards of the community. And and so, you know, it, it really matters who you get in the school board positions. We just had an election. Burke Staley won by one of the guys that, that was elected to the school board. Burke Staley is a, a moral man, an upstanding man who is going to uh, go on to the school board and he's going to represent what's good and right. And this isn't, I'm not, I'm not trying to toot Burke Saley's horn. All I'm trying to say is it matters who gets elected. And so when you go, you know, to the election, uh, you, you go to the polls and you look at and you don't know who these people are. And you go, ah, I just, I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to vote for whatever because it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter. Do your homework. Do your research. Understand that there are people with ulterior motives. You've got to elect people that, that reflect the standards and beliefs that you have. And even as simple as a member of the school board or a member of the local uh, legislature or the member of the local city council, all that matters, folks. It matters that you elect people who are going to do the right thing. Man, we've used it up today. Thanks to Mello over there for uh, screening our calls today. And thank you for calling and being a part of the show. It's the Andy Griffin Show Monday. It's going to be a fun one. Michelle Tanner. On the show, Tuesday, Washington County Commission. Wednesday, the Water Board. we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Thanks for listening.